Marble. All I want is a hundred thou, my picture on a bubblegum card. Give me a new car every year to park in my new front yard. Well, I don't need luck to pass that puck. Been scoring since I was two. And the eagle says if I just hold out, I can make all my dreams come true. God bless you, Alan Eagleson. Goodbye, Mom and Dad. I wanna thank you, Lord, for Howie Meeker. He's the darn best friend I ever had. God bless you, Clarence Campbell. I gotta thank you, Lord Cornell. I'm gonna make my million dollars signing with the NHL. A closet of clothes like Espositos, a blonde with a perfect pair. A little ear jet for the weekend to set and a blower to style my hair. I said a little ear jet for the weekend set and a blower to style my hair. God bless you, Alan Eagleson. Goodbye, Mom and Dad. I want to thank you, Lord, for Howie Meeker. He's the darn best friend I ever had. God bless you, Clarence Campbell. I gotta thank you, Lord Cornell. I'm gonna make my million dollars signing with the NHL. The Eagle wants a hundred thousand, a no trade, no cut pack. But all I want is a vinyl train to clear the track like Eddie Shack. The eagle says I'm gonna make a killing. Ain't nothing gonna block my fame. Get me girls and loot and a case of brute when I learn how to write my name. Oh, get me girls and loot and a case of brute when I learn how to write my name. God bless you, Alan Eagleson. Goodbye, Mom and Dad. I wanna thank you, Lord, for how He's the darn best friend I ever had. God bless you, Clarence Campbell. I gotta thank you, Lord Cornell. I'm gonna make my million dollars signing with the NHL. God bless you, Alan Eagleson. Goodbye, Mom and Dad. I wanna thank you, Lord, for how we meet. And you're listening to CITR FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And it's time right now for the Nerd War to Human Serviette Radio Show. You just heard right there Bruno Gerussi talking about playing in the NHL. Bruno Gerussi from the Beachcombers. Today on the Nardwar the Human Serviette Radio Show, I thought it would play some older 1990s, 1989 type stuff 
from the Nardwar to Human Serviette Radio Show. Yes, I have been going on CITR since October of 1987. So there is quite an archive thanks to CITR. And you too can become a DJ too. Just come on down to CITR and you too can get a show. So if you're listening kind of like Nardwar did this, well, you can do that as well, even better. So come on down to CITR. So today I thought I would play a bit from the CITR Nardwar archives. But before we get to that, here is King Perry doing a little, well, you will see a special little tune that I end every interview with. And thank you so much, Bill Ryder, for discovering this tune. And then an interview from December 22nd, 1989, with a guy called Henry 77. And then later on, an interview, a sort of Nardwar versus Nardwar with Jeff Prevere. Prevere, courtesy the CBC primetime show. I want to say Nightline with Ned Koppel. No, CBC's prime time. So some older things on the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show. So right now, here is King Perry, courtesy of Bill Ryder. And in an interview with Henry 77 from December 22nd, 1989. Hey, listen here, folks. I want to sing a little song. Don't get mad. I don't mean no harm. All I want to do is make you grin. So forget about your troubles and laugh if you can. Hey, hey. Hey, hey. Hey, hey, laugh and grin your blues away. Mary had a little lamb, his fleece was white as snow, you know. One day she passed the butcher shop, bop, bop, lamb chop. Hey, 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 laugh and grin your blues away. $6.75. Now, this is Inflation Station. Parents, do you have any young teenagers at home? If you do, for goodness sake, have a heart-to-heart talk with them. You might learn something. I had a heart-to-heart talk with my pop when I was 21. I said, Pop, I'm 21 now. Don't you think it's time I should start wearing shoes? I saw a hunter sitting on a log. He couldn't shoot a rabbit, so he aimed at a hog. The gun went boom, the hog fell pop. Whoa, he got pork chops. Hey, hey. Hey, hey. Hey, hey. Laugh and grin your blues away. Time now for the Nardwa, the Human Serviette Show on CITR FM 102. And who do we have in the studio today? Santa by the name of Henry 77. 
on your 101.9 Fibonacci modulation dial. Who with are maximum you? Maximum exposure and minimum superposition CITR. And Henry, who are you? Well, I'm visiting Vancouver with the best, biggest, most fantabulous Christmas gift anyone could ever have. A opening of the book of heavy duty information. A big reminder about what familiarity does and a little informing about the way of the natural spiral on all levels of the cosmos. That's who. What is the big book? Is this big book the Bible? My goodness, you could call it a Bible. You, but, and uh, there are more words uh, involved in it uh, than the Bible. I have something like maybe ten Bibles worth of words, New and Old Testament, if you're talking about that. But I am uh, involved in reminding people about what familiarity does. What is familiarity? Familiarity is a beautiful mother that has a terrible daughter. There are several other beautiful mothers that have terrible daughters, like truth begets hatred. Virtue causes envy, brings on envy, and riches brings on fear ignorance or danger, depending upon who said it. But the big mother, the grandmother, you might say, is familiarity. It's familiarity with the truth that'll get you to hate it. Familiarity with the virtue, which will get you to envy it. And familiarity with the riches, which will bring fear and danger into your heart. Fam what is, um, when you said a beautiful mother, could God be the beautiful mother? I mean, is God a beautiful mother and like Cher, the movie actress Cher, the ugly daughter? Wow. No, I, don't, I think you're getting, maybe because it's Christmas, you're hitting me with this God business. Okay. We might be saying that. Who is that God, Henry, first of all? First of all? Who is God? Let's not, uh, okay, let me do it. Let me read you a little something. I'll read you a little something. That's the way you feel. That's the way you're going to be, Nar. Nardwar. Nardwar. But I was just wondering, who is God? I mean, I, I'm just asking a general question. I ask it to, like, rock stars. So right. anybody. Right not okay. that you're not a rock star. Well, uh, I'm sort of like a star of some kind. A falling star, you might say. Shooting star. Spiraling star. There's the big one. The big one is, like, for H. Could be for Henry. But really, let's make it for I, uh, not for heroin either, but for hydrogen. You know, the number one element hydrogen. Now, if you subtract Henry from hydrogen, what you're going to be left with is D-O-G, what they call man's best friend, or spelled backwards, the other friend you want me to describe, G-O-D. Well, we got Henry and God and hydrogen, the big beginning. And how did it begin? How did God begin things if he, uh, if he did it? And this he is spelled capital H, capital H, capital H, capital E, small e, small e, which stands for his and or her highness essence. And that you could spell that essence with a big S and a small S-E-N-S-E, or E-S-S-E-N-C-E, and mean the same thing. 
for the essence of everything is a kind of spiraling, which what uh, astronomers are saying the first matter collected in the universe was in the shape of an S, actually a pair of spiraled arms. And that kind of relationship shows up forever and everywhere on all levels of the cosmos, which uh, sometimes I call God's thumbprint. What are you doing in Vancouver exactly, Henry? Henry to 77. Henry 77 is here like he's been in, uh, per, I don't know, 200 different towns uh, in the lower 48. It's my first visit to, uh, to Canada with this idea. I've been going from university to university, reminding people about familiarity, what familiarity does, pointing out to them that perhaps this idea of family that we are working so hard at keeping together, keeping in prominence, why we are trying to maintain the myth that family is important, the idea of family is important. I, it came to me some almost 18 years ago that this is a mistake. And it turned into a message which read, family is a disease. Familiarity, the germ. And you it have been spreading this message since 17 or 18 years ago. That's true. In many universities, over several university radio stations, as a CITR here. Have you come across much believers in what you are trying to say, that family is a family is no good? What are, what are some of the arguments that people have possibly given to you, Henry, saying that what you are saying, I do not believe? What do, what is, did you come across a common argument? Well, I don't know about a common. I would say um, the, uh, there's a big gender gap here in the way people uh, accept uh, and or reject this. Some people do accept and then, uh, or reject, and then after a little while thinking about it, begin to accept that the, uh, the female tends to be uh, more threatened by this idea, or feel more threatened by this idea. So uh, they are saying it's just plain crazy. Uh, the, um, s the woman thinking still further on it, saying it's not quite so crazy, but what do we do if uh, uh, to raise the children. That's the bottom line thing between men and women. What happens if the idea of family is shown to be uh, incorrect, a mistake in our evolution, uh, what I call sometimes, to use a biblical term, the original mistake, that we, what are we to do? How are we going to, quote, raise children, unquote? And uh, that, if I would like to address, how do we raise children? One, we don't raise children. We raise beans. We rear horses. Children are not meant to be raised. Human animals are not meant to be raised. Humans have the capacity to understand how things are going on all levels of the cosmos. And how things are going on all levels of the cosmos is in accordance with a logarithmic spiraling which shows up in the galaxy, the solar system, the planet. And, and at CITR here, there's a logarithmic spiraling on the door, you say, of CITR. There is, there is. 
why not? There were, uh, it's been, the logarithmic spiral has been uh, uh, getting more and more and more show. Uh, we had CITR room 233. You said it was, or 231, that was of some significance? Oh, the 231 is just, all it is is 3 times 77, as in Henry 77. And as it turns out, it also is the, uh, the Dewey Library Code for God in the Christian sense. It also happens to be, uh, by some little coincidence, quote-unquote coincidence, uh, the uh, highest uh, measured speed of wind, mechanically measured speed of a wind, is 231 miles per hour in Mount Washington, as it turns out, uh, not far from where I sometimes hang out in uh, New Hampshire. 231 miles an hour, three times 77, swiftest wind also Dewey decimal code for God and on your door with the spiral on it what are we going to do the spiral shows up all over the place industry is picking it up it's a logo for dozens of different companies it's the natural shape but more important is the natural way of relating it's the way things are relating on all levels of the cosmos from the galaxy down to the DNA the DNA spiral doesn't spread out as like a logarithmic spiral does because it's a double helix, but it shows itself up in twisting and turning and starting over every ten and a half pairs. Ten and a half pairs is makes to 21 units. The DNA turns and starts again every 21 units. 21 is the Fibonacci number. Fibonacci relationship is the one that makes the logarithmic spiral. Okay. Basically, you're here in Vancouver. Has anybody? How how would people get in contact with you? Have you got many? You've got a, you've got Xeroxes here. Do you have funding for your thing? You've been working seventeen years. Do you have followers? Wonderful. Like, are you a demagogue? In other words? Oh, shoo! Heck and heck no! I have no followers. You have I no followers, and yet you're trying to. I, I hope I have no followers. You hope you have no followers. I don't want any followers because if any followers going to be around me too much, and I'm going to be around it too much, he or she, and familiarity is going to do its thing and even if I was a god like say Maya Baba was considered a god man by many thousands of followers and Maya Baba is quoted as having said it looks like familiarity has made you forget that I am God so familiarity do its thing I don't want any follow what I want is disseminated I want people to understand this I want them to disseminate it, but not necessarily. If they understand it, they're going to feel real good about themselves. They're going to love themselves like they're supposed to love themselves. Understand the connectedness of everything in the cosmos. So, and when they love themselves like they're supposed to, when they love their neighbor as they love themselves, they're going. We're going to have this beautiful spiritual feeling, that is it, and you in the middle of the spiral. Spirit, you all spiritual feeling which is going to make you feel as close to G-O-D as we're supposed to feel. You're in Vancouver. Can people, so you don't want to meet anybody in Vancouver? Well, I'd be very happy to meet a group of people. Like phone callers right now? Phone callers? I would really love to hear anybody's question or anybody's comment on this because I have, uh, would like to have an opportunity to smooth out any rough edges that I'm stirring up and, uh, or to, uh, accept uh, people's thanks for bringing them this Christmas message. 
Okay, it seems to me we do have a phone caller indeed. Um, perhaps while I'm putting him on the air, you can um, start regurgitating some more of your doctrine, if that is a proper way of addressing this. I think regurgitating is a very beautiful way of doing it. Okay, keep, you just keep going. Uh, when the caller's not on... No, no, hold on, hold on. Hello? Hello no, hey, Henry, no, this regurgitate some information <laughs> while I put this caller on the air. Oh, okay. To say some uh, blind facts or uh, something. I don't know. I just heard somebody say, I thought I heard someone say Nautilus. So this is one of the ways the uh, uh, the spiral shows up in the Nautilus seashell. But, but a more important way that the spiral shows up is in the sunflower. The seeds in the sunflower pod are arranged in ex exactly the spiral down to four decimal places. And... Uh, the number of seeds in a sunflower pod are Fibonacci numbers of seeds. The smallest pod has 34 seeds in one spiral and 55 in the longer spiral. And uh, the largest pod goes up to 144 seeds by 233 seeds the other way. Okay, and we got a phone caller now. Sorry to interrupt you. Good. Caller, are you there? Hello. Hi. Hi. Hi, this is Mike Reno from Loverboy. I'm in a band locally. Mr. 77, can I talk to you? Please I ask you a question. Go ahead. Okay. You said you've been touring for 17, 18 years to various college, university stations, etc. Do you ever find that perhaps you are yourself becoming a victim of... Uh, good question, of, good question. Uh, redundancy <laughs> and uh, familiarity? Uh, that's a real good question. If I was not receiving new evidence wherever I was going, fresh new things to think about myself and actually to, to, to speak of. Actually, some of the very old things I'm not talking about anymore to anybody. Some very beautiful ideas then, I'm not using them anymore because I uh, overindulged uh, in them myself. And I became, as you say, a victim of what I'm trying to express. Uh, I am not, certainly not, uh, regardless of how much you know about this, is not make it make you impervious to it. I met up with a, a, a sculpture student who made FVC sculptures, familiarity breeding contempt sculptures. Uh, uh, she had, uh, and she uh, uh, she understood this very beautifully, and I understood it very beautifully. And this uh, her making her catching it onto it so soon was very beautiful. It cemented our relationship. It kept us together for much too long and we suffered from that familiarity and had what we call the, the disease part of the message family being a disease because the familiarity that we have with each other just got into this miserable situation where uh, I was given a, a blow to the eye by this beautiful <laughs> young woman uh, because of it the only time I've ever been struck in my life was by this wonderful young woman after X number of months together you're getting lots of new evidence now. What sort of evidence is this? Oh, would you like some new evidence? Like right on your, uh, in front of your psychology building, for instance, there's a totem pole. Uh, as it turns out, this was one of the two ideas that the sculpture student had in mind. Now, this was like in 1970... Caller, did you just hang up? No, I'm still here. Good. Okay. 19, 1976, she had this idea. She had two, two ideas for sculptures. One was... Uh, 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 iron bars, narrow iron bars that made a sort of a cage. And inside the cage, she had these very soft things, two representing parents and four representing children, uh, showing the f nuclear family encased in this prison. 
and uh, it showed uh, other things having to do with uh, pregnancy and a snake. It was very impressive. It got her nine credits in A. <laughs> and uh, This is real evidence here at the University of British Columbia. At, at the University of British Columbia, uh, UBC, uh, and VBC, I'll talk to you about FBC, totem pole in front of the psychology building. Okay, so people can touch this and feel enlightened? Well, they should, and look at the... Uh, the indication alongside, they should have. They don't have to touch it. They have to look at it and understand what is behind the message, which is not completely shown on the tablet alongside the totem. There. Um, I sort of interrupt you, but um, I guess caller, any other questions? Yeah, a couple more, if you don't mind. Okay. Okay. I was wondering, Mr. Seventy Seven, if if there was if, because CITR is a, a music radio station. I was wondering. Um, what would be the ideal form of music, in your opinion, as as someone who is uh, obviously anti-family, um, fa anti-familiarity? Is there a specific type of music that you feel yes. reflects yes. exactly your feelings? Yes. And also, Always. Uh, I guess, what type of government would you also be supportive of? And what government supports your theory? And that's the only two questions I have. Thank you. Very good questions. One. How about some psychedelic music? Well, uh, well, number one, I would say, if, if I had to answer that question with one kind of music, I would say new music, because that's all we're looking for is new music. There's a point in whatever kind of music you like when you're going to get T-I-R-E-D of it, whatever. Uh, we're going, you're going to keep it, uh, say, uh, the Rolling Stones will try to keep it alive is so they can keep those those, those uh, millions coming in uh, but they uh, are they themselves they're, they're probably the only group that's held on to each other uh, Frank Zappa said the mothers of invention stayed together as long until they hated each other's guts you know until familiarity hit the fan so to speak and uh, uh, all of the groups are, are breaking up even with their great music background you can listen to the greatest classical music for instance for X number of times Someone made the point that the well-tempered clavier by Johann Sebastian Bach, the familiarity doesn't breed contempt, which he admits after he uh, was asked, well, how many times have you listed con consecutively, say, to the first seven, seven, uh, seven uh, parts, seven preludes and fugues? The, the, actually, this relationship shows up very much. The Fibonacci relationship shows up in music. The numbers show up in music. The chord is made up of 13 keys. Fibonacci number, eight white, Fibonacci number, five black, Fibonacci number, two black, and three black, Fibonacci numbers. Uh, if Fibonacci music was played on a violin opening an art exhibit in the Guggenheim Museum just last month, and uh, uh, the relationship is, is noted to be in music and uh, by Johann Sebastian Bach, at least as far back, and also as far back as Pythagoras because the relationship to 61.8%, which is what makes the, this spiral open up this peculiar way, it opens up 61.8% per turn, gets big fast. Okay, we're, I guess we're running sort of out, out of time here. Um, government, government, best kind of government. Yeah, best kind of government. Like Thomas Jefferson, the best kind of government is the least. The least government. Now, have you ever encountered any CIA subversion, like in Kennedy assassinations or anything like that, that have been trying, like, the, trying to knock you down? 
they don't. They're not. They're not. Uh, actually, I've given the message to the CIA almost, <laughs> almost directly to them, and I know they they know about me because they are. Uh, uh, I was involved. Uh, they knew about me before. Before I dropped out, I was a certified public accountant. Some of my some of my clients were on uh, on the government surveillance. And who uh, are some of your clients? Can you disclose this information? Well, no, I don't think I want to. <laughs> I don't think I'd want to. But uh, uh, some of the clients I, d- I did have some very heavy duty clients who I don't think were under surveillance, who might have been, but maybe should have been. Like for instance, Barbara Walters, who's right out there. And Mike Wallace, who was right out there, uh, you know, in communication. Uh, Tennessee Williams and James Michener, Sher, Klaus Oldenburg. Sher? Sher, yeah. He used to do her tax return when she was with Sonny. Yeah. He used to prepare her tax return. With, uh, Have you uh, met any of these people later and try to get them to campaign for you? Like, hey. Like Bob Hope. Or what's that guy on uh, Price is Right? He, d- he doesn't let his hair go gray or whatever because his animal rights. Do you get, like, Cher come out and do a duet with you or something? Ooh, hey, Nardarok, you son of a gun. You're giving me an idea. Uh, I have gotten to some uh, uh, some of the, some people, not my clients, actually, because I wouldn't think of going, well, actually, Cher, I, I don't, uh, we never met Cher, and I did her tax return, but I never met her. And uh, I'm, uh, I, I don't, uh, I did try to get to Barbara Walters way back, but it didn't work. Oh, I've given the message to people who are in communication. So basically, the root of what you're saying is family. Cross that out completely. Family, household, servants, friends, love. Cross it out and replace family with doom. That's what family, familiarity, breeds contempt. That's It, it do. What, we, what I'm saying basically is that what we have to do is strive for maximum exposure and minimum superposition because that is what's happening on all levels of the cosmos from the galaxy down to the DNA by virtue of this kind of relationships that they're trying. They're gauging the interaction of the components of system to have a symmetrical interaction. In this spiral is the most symmetrical you can get. Are you feeling you're doing well with this? How are you feel with it? Like you've been on 17 years. I, I mean, I, I, I don't see on Oprah Winfrey or, you know, or Donahue or something yet. Are you going to be on there? Well, I don't, I don't expect I mean, so. I don't expect so, really. But I think it would be great. Actually, I have an idea. I'm hey, if you're on Donahue or Oprah, can you say Nardwar to Human Serviette? Would you, would you say my name on, or on a TV? If, if you, uh, definitely. I, I'll tell you what. You have to write it down so I'll remember it. <laughs> because it's not the kind of name. It's harder to remember than Henry 77. <laughs> uh, it's more interesting, actually, because it's unfamiliar, right? And uh, I would certainly mention your name. On any of those programs. But if you got to know me, you'd probably want to hit me anyway. So. But well, we're still looking for phone calls here if anybody wants to ask you any more questions. So you're in Vancouver for a bit more longer. You can answer their, if they want to ask questions right now, they can to you. Is there anywhere in Vancouver you're going to be having a seminar anywhere? Or where are you, where are you going from now? What's your next, like, you leave CITR now, what's going to happen? I at the CITR. I'm just going to look, uh, look over the town a little bit. Uh, I've, uh, I've done uh, what I call uh, a scrambling through... Uh, uh, the university here have left uh, little flyers around and spoken to maybe a dozen professors uh, uh, seeding the area so to speak with the idea I'm not so sure you know getting on Oprah Winthy uh, Phil Donahue and I wouldn't want to go on any one of those programs this idea is so great uh, if you want to talk about uh, you know fan- fantabulous communication what I would like to have is maybe uh, seven of these people coming together this is so important so basic, so beautiful, so simple that 
what we need is like all these people. It has to be on international uh, satellite. You could have maybe 14 well-known interviewers all over the world, uh, uh, you know, tied in with conference television, asking uh, Henry 77. So the whole world. Uh, you want seven people right now to come rushing to CITR. Seven well-known people in communication who will get this out there and have, uh, eventually I'll have a book, maybe. I don't know if I'm supposed to be doing it. I think maybe all I have to be doing is what I've been doing. Uh, it's been very uh, coincidence-formed. Uh, 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 wh what keeps me going is that coincides sort of like, uh, let me read you a little something. It just came to me a couple of days ago. Boyd along by bubbles of synchronicity, growing bigger, growing smaller, bursting into others, meshing one into many, many into one, ever evidencing the essence, the essence, the high and lowness, the circular and linearness, the spiral of it and you. That was a poem by Henry 77? No, it was a poem through Henry 77. Everything that has come, uh, that, that I've put down, has sort of just flowed through. The It didn't seem to mean that I was thinking about anything. The words would just pour out, would come together almost randomly, but make what a some people think, or poetry you might call it, but what I'm looking for is for people to understand that loving your neighbor as yourself, what it, what, what's behind it, what's behind that meaning. You, you're not going to love yourself, you can, won't be able to ever love yourself enough unless you recognize the connectedness of everything. Is there a slogan that says, love is hate, war is peace? Is there? That is probably someone toying with this idea because there's a very important way that this is said and I'm glad you said that because this is a, that's a very good indication of how this is said. A woman put it this way, familiarity is a magician that is kind to the ugly and cruel to the beautiful, which is to say after X number of years of war it'll be just the same uh, feeling as peace. And after X number of weeks or months in so-called love, what you have is it passing away, and, and if you keep on holding on to it as it's passed away, hatred, or you're going because you're going to be feel feel in yourself because truth begets hatred. You're going to be feeling in yourself. In truth, I'm hanging on to something that no longer exists. Love, in the sense of the one to oneness of one individual to another, is an illusion that lasts x period of time. And familiarity is that which dispels that illusion. And then we must know before that time comes to let go and move on. Children, infirmed individuals, that is infants, as well as other older infirm individuals will be, have the care and attention from strangers. 
because people in true need have no fear of having those needs fulfilled by strangers just as much perhaps more than the average family member okay um henry the 77 we have a phone caller caller are you there hi hi mr 77 go ahead would you mind if i asked you a question not at all okay um just what you're saying with uh you're talking about how uh, after a certain time relationships seem to lose their novelty and and wear out and what have you um could that be applied to the argument um an issue which which all which always seems to be um well i guess a, a popular issue on campuses is um uh pro uh, d- uh not d- pro um freedom of speech i guess and um something like uh, anti-pornography groups and um and, and an issue that has been raised has been that people who are exposed to pornography um basically cannot, like a drug, okay, and alcohol, cannot, uh, after they've been uh, um, exposed to a certain um, experience, I guess, need, need more, like crack or, or, or you know, heroin yeah. or... Um, I think I see where you're going. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Now, uh, I, maybe, maybe the uh, example with pornography wasn't all that clear, but uh, certainly with drugs and alcohol. Question, um, no and question. That is, that is basically what you're saying as well, correct? No, no question. Actually, it's it's it has to do with everything. Uh, uh, it could be dealt with pornography. You should do uh, Henry uh, Ma- uh, Mencken's book on pornography if you're interested in that. Uh, that there is a uh, uh, there's a tendency. All of these things are coping devices. We are coping with the contempt that familiarity is bred, and we have to go out to find something stranger, stranger, stranger. Pornography, harder and harder and harder pornography, and still harder pornography, down to, you know, slashing blood and all that. But you can't get off until you kill that much pornography. That is this just the steps that are taken, uh, wh- which are in effect like the same as ODing, that you can't get enough pot, or you can't get enough... Uh, 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 Heroin, you can't get enough, enough, enough. You switch over. You can't get the r- enough out of any guru, so you hop from one guru to another. Same thing. Familiarity does its thing, and you move on. M- all of these are different coping devices used to cope with what familiarity does. Many of them, I suspect almost all of them, are deleterious. They, they, they hurt you in one way or the other. The major reason they hurt you is that they are superposing on you. Uh, you're supposed to be going, uh, everything's going for minimum superposing. When you start, uh, addiction is the epitome of superposition. The addiction is controlling you. And this is any addiction to pornography, sex, sugar, caffeine, alcohol, nicotine, whatever. The household drugs, the recreational drugs, even that you know, f- uh, jogging, for instance, is a fairly non-deleterious way of getting a high. But you have to watch out. People are dying while they're jogging, and there, uh, there's a school of thought saying it's a it's a waste of time because you can do everything you have to do in in 11 minutes. You do a particular kind of calisthenics that you build up to a, a, a kind of athletic athletic prowess and uh, conditioning, which does just as much as uh, an hour of uh, jogging, 11 minutes a day. 
Uh, so uh, there's different schools there. When you start going more and more and more into your jogging and you make it your life, then uh, the jogging is taking over. It's taking too much of your life away and you're not spending enough time getting familiar with other things because you because you can you have enough to phrase a question as you did most definitely have the capacity to be familiar with everything in the cosmos everything familiarity knowledge complete knowledge of anything no one will ever have but a familiarity with everything there is in the cosmos everyone could have that is why when we set or place ourselves down in a house which makes the etymology of the word family end with the word doom. In Webster's New World Dictionary, pre-second college edition, the etymology of the word family ends with doom because it comes from the idea of setting or placing yourself down. Superposing is laying or placing on. Minimum superposing is what's happening in the spiral systems which are occurring on all levels of the cosmos. Caller, are you still there? Caller is listening, I hope. Well, I guess caller, caller is listening. I hope. What, what can people do, Henry? Well, first of all, just one quick Are the Illuminati, are they good or bad guys? I, I don't know. They're in, they're in with to the number 23, which is a heavy-duty number, uh, at, which is the difference between uh, uh, 100 and 77. And 23 is also the number of American presidents that have been Illuminati. Well, really? <laughs> No, I'm not sure. I just jot that out. Hard to believe that, but uh, not uh, not impossible. And uh, the uh, well, the Masons and uh, yeah, the Freemasons. Huh? What about the Freemasons? I, I I think they all have been close to something like this idea. Pythagoras, I think, was very close to this idea. Uh, I, what I, about George Bush? George Bush, I don't think is close to many ideas at all. I don't think this one. Uh, what what number is? William Vanderzam. Who who? William Vanderzam. What number is he? I'm sorry, I, I don't have that at my fingertips. <laughs> if you want, I, I don't think we should take the time to, to work it out either. <laughs> but I'm uh, I don't I'm not so sure that, that how the uh, Pythagoras that everything is number. The relationship actually more than a number. Everything is in a certain kind of relationship, and relationships can be and are. Say this particular one, the logarithmic spiral. There's a definite number. It's one plus or minus the square root of five divided by two, point six one eight. It what what makes a golden rectangle, which what makes this golden spiral, which is what we see everywhere from the DNA up to the galaxy. So that number uh, that Pythagoras was involved in, uh, they were involved in something which they thought was very, very, very important and very, very deep. The Masons picked up a lot of it, and I've I've spoken to theosophical groups who are into that kind of knowledge. Um, Henry, uh, sorry, again, I thank you for coming in on the Nardwara Human Serviette show today. I think you're going to be here later on in the station for more things. Um, if somebody was listening and said, I don't understand any of this stuff, what did that jerk Nardwara push this Henry to 77 on us for? We do not understand this. We don't dig this scene. But what can people do if, if they're thinking that? What should people do after they're listening to, if they've just what, heard what you've said? What should, they, what should they do after listening to you? Is there anything they should do? Yeah, they should they should they, they perhaps vomitizing is do have a mean like um, three times like nine, which is three sets of three. Is there any specific things they should do? No. Well, they could do it. They should. Uh, they might uh, sit down and try to do a golden rectangle. 
which is the side of 62% of the base, and they make a square, and they'll leave them with a golden rectangle, and make another square, which will leave them with a golden rectangle, and then join the same points, and when they make, when they can't make any more squares, in that square, and they'll get the spiral. And then uh, they'll think about maximum exposure, minimum superposition, and understand why they sort of are not really making out that well with the people in the room that they're sitting with, that they've been knowing too long, go over and give them a, give them a hug and talk about familiarity, breeding, contempt, and recognizing and say, hey, when the time comes for us to separate, then we should know we should do it out of love, not because we've gotten tired of each other. We should do it before we've gotten uh, fam familiarity has done its thing, and we should move on, let go, and get a beautiful relationship with someone else, someone out there, and then still someone else, and still other things, and still other places, until you get to understand how the everything is all connected and then uh, you'll start loving yourself a little more and you won't need the crack and you won't need uh, to abuse yourself anyway or what abuse is anything around you. What is some, is anything else you'd like to add to that, just quickly? Well, to have a real, 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 real happy ni 1990s, if you work on this idea and let people know about it, you'll be doing yourself and everybody, everybody, a uh, very, very beautiful thing and making a wonderful gift to mean everything to them and the people around them if they understand it and accept it with the love which I am bestowing it. Thank you, Henry77. And that was an interview with Henry77 from the Nardwar to Human Serviette radio show on December the 22nd, 1980. 89. That was Henry 77 live on CITR. And now I'm going to transport you again. I am Nardwar de Human Serviette to June 4th, 1993, with a conversation between me and Jeff Pavier from the CBC Prime time on the Nardwar the Human Serviette radio show June the 4th 1993 my guest this evening has been professor Noam Chomsky professor Chomsky thank you very much very glad to be with you hmm question official sources question the authority of the media be skeptical well according to those criteria the best interviewer in Canada right now is unquestionably a guy named Nardwar the Human Serviette. You heard me right. Nardwar hails from Vancouver, and he has a weekly show on the UBC campus radio station. Among other things, that show is a combination of interviews, cool punk, grunge music. Lately, Nardwar has been gaining quite a reputation, and largely because of the ambush interviews he's conducted for his radio show with some extremely high-profile people. Nardwar will pop up unexpectedly at press conferences for luminaries and ask them questions most journalists just wouldn't dare to. When guys like Mikhail Gorbachev or Gerald Ford come to the left coast, they had better watch out for a surprise appearance by Nardwar, the human serviette. In our Vancouver studio, I'm joined now by a myth in the making, a legend in embryo. Ladies, gentlemen, and others, I give you Nardwar, the human serviette. Hi, Nardwar. Hello, Jeff. You're so flattering. Well, I, have, I can't stop yet because I want to say not only is it a pleasure 
I would call it an honor to have you here on our last show. Well, thanks for inviting me. I'm so sorry it's your last show. Well, that's okay, you know. But you can come to CITR Radio in Vancouver if you ever want to. Okay, thanks. I appreciate that. I we'll give you a show. We don't pay anything, but you can have lots of fun. Okay. And that's where I got all my fun from, all through CITR. Fun may be all I can look forward to. I will get back to you on that one. Now, now, what you do has been called ambush journalism. Is this, is this fair, or how would you describe what you do? Well, I wouldn't really say it's ambush journalism. It's just sort of like getting the information out of the people that nobody else would ask. For instance, at the last Vancouver summit, the big press conference, which I didn't actually make it into because I was, like, kicked out before I could even ask a question no. of Gorbachev or Clinton, not one person from Canada asked a question in that final press conference. Not one person asked a question. And here it is in Vancouver. So I like to ask questions that maybe not get asked or even like to even represent Canada in some way. But I just like to get the information. I think that some people perceive it wrong, though. I, well, let's let people perceive it because I think in order to give people an idea of what you do, we'll play a bit of it. Here uh, is an example, uh, I guess, of ambush journalism performed by uh, Nardwar the Human Serviette. Here, Nardwar meets Mikhail Gorbachev. Earlier today at a news conference at Science World, a reporter from UBC's CITR radio who was wearing a toque threw an oddball question at Gorbachev. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Narcor from CITR radio. First off, Dershne rockin' u slobodni svet. What is this? What's your question? <laughs> that was keep on rocking in the free world in Russia. Uh -huh. Of all the political figures that Miss Dr. Gorbachev has encountered, who has the largest pants? Thank you very much. Gorbachev took the nonsense in stride, looking a little confused and a little bemused. The man was questioned by the RCMP, but appears to have been properly accredited for the news conference. There you have Nardwar, the human serviette, in conversation with uh, Mikhail Gorbachev. You know, I, of course, can perfectly understand why you'd want to recite a Neil Young lyric to Mr. Gorbachev, and I thought that was really quite touching, but... But the bit, about, the bit about the pants, why did you want to know that? It was just something that me, well, me and my friend Beppy that was sort of talking it over at a pizza-type place at Science World, and we just sort of thought we'd just throw that in there for fun. That was a sort of just added sort of zest, you might say. That, hearing that, it, it sort of hurts me now to hear that because that really, if I can say, screwed me for the big Clinton-Yeltsin summit because I'd asked that question, right? Yeah. And afterwards, this guy came up to me, I think he might have been from the RCMP or something like that, put his hand on my shoulder and said, you're from university, you're from CITR radio, do you ask those questions in university? Really a gross-looking guy. I was like, oh my God, what's, yeah. what's your name? You're never going to get into one of these things again. And I went, well, look, I'm here with my friend Beppy. And my friend Beppy's like, no, I don't even know Nardwar. I don't even know Nardwar. I'm like, oh God, oh no. You're never going to get into one of these things again. A week later, we got into the Clinton-Yeltsin summit. <laughs> so we're there having a so really there. fun time, partying down at the Clinton-Yeltsin summit, going on press pools, getting left, right, and center. Then, one hour before the final press conference with Clinton and Yeltsin, I got up at 5.30 that morning. Actually, it was 4.30 because it was spring ahead, fall back. I was in a huge lineup because we were at the very front of the line because they only allowed 1,500 media people in the press conference. Only 1,500. Yeah. Me and Beppy from CITR and Greg from CITR were at the front of the lineup. We were waiting to get in, waiting to get in. Then a man walked right up to me and said, hey, you're Nardwar. 
You're the guy that asked those questions about to the Gorbachev. Yeah. You're gone. You're out here. I go, what did I do? What did I do at this press conference? Well, you know, what, did, what have I done? I said, You've done nothing. We have reason to believe you're going to cause a problem. Then they escorted me out, grabbing me by the shoulders, uh, showing me to every security person, saying, do not let this guy in. He is a danger. And then they threw me out, and I had to go to Cloverdale, and I went to a whole bunch of garage shells and bought some cool 60s punks or punk records. And the rest of the guys, Beppy and Greg from CITR, were in the front row. The front row at a press conference. That's how close I could have spat on President Clinton, and I could have found out if he was a Freemason. Was that I what you? Because I, I, I figure what you wanted to, to, what you were probably going to ask him about, were his plans for economic recovery, right? No, I think it might have been a Freemason thing, but I learned out from Edward Caspel of the band The Legendary Pink Dots, who I interviewed the other day on Friday night as part of the Music West Festival. Um, Edward Caspel told me Freemasons always scratch their nose, so I guess I really didn't have to ask Clinton that question because it, I think I've seen him scratching his nose. But again, I got screwed all because of Gorbachev. And other people were kicked out of the summit because they spat on people or whatever. I did nothing. It was just innocent. We have reason to believe. I think it was other members of the Vancouver media that were ashamed. So we had the biggest day of my life, one hour away from Clinton, and it was ruined. Yeah, but you got the punk records. I mean, you know exactly I how guess, to recover yeah, from such things. I would have done the same thing, you somebody, know? Somebody suggested, actually, Jeff, that maybe it was a good thing that I got kicked out because something bad may have happened if I asked that question. Furthermore, you know the rest of the guys from CIT that got into the actual press conference? Yeah. They were under the watchful eye of the CIA the whole time. Those tiny little photographs by little cameras were taken of them, and they were totally scared. They were afraid to ask a question as well. But nobody from Canada in that press conference asked a question. And I really wanted to. I'm no better than anybody. But else, I'm just excited. More people should get into this. More people should join CITR. You can do it. You just got to check your local listings. Yeah. Look through who's coming to town. Join your local college radio station, and you can get in to all those gigs. Well, well are, we, are we getting to something here? I mean, is there something wrong with journalism today, Nardwar? Well, I, I think it just, it's just fun to learn information of what's going on. Yeah, I mean... Okay, well, I asked another guy what he would ask Clinton, and some, I asked a whole bunch of journalists, and one journalist said that he, you know, he wouldn't ask Clinton anything because everything's been asked. You know, like, why are journalists there if, like, there's everyone is asking the same question? You want to get to that inf in interesting information, which is going on. For instance, like, Neil Young playing in a band with Rick James, you know? Rick yeah. James, the guy that's in jail right now. Mm -hmm. Or Neil Young's obsessed with Star Wars and trains. Why well, ask him about his new album when you can ask about that? Or finding out, for instance, like, have you heard of William Cooper before? No. William Cooper is this guy that says there'll be an alien invasion on July 5th, 1998. It will not be aliens. It will be Freemasons flying UFOs. People in the world will be scared. We will look to leaders. Who will the leaders be? They'll be the Freemasons and we'll be under their control. So he's saying there's no such thing as UFOs. It's only the Freemasons in control. And I love learning information like that. So if I found out, let's say I found out, well, if Clinton was into William Cooper, I'd ask him about it because I like to get that information sure. out there to the listeners. He's building a landing pad right now and touching his nose. And he is, and hasn't a lot of um, presidents of the United States of America been Freemasons before? I think all of them have, actually. And Dick, this guy Ron told me, a guy Ron from the band Cats Game and A.O. Chapman from a Scottish punk band called The Real Mackenzies told me about William Cooper. And if I, during the course of the interview with these bands, didn't sort of bring up well, what else are you sort of into or what about Cooper, I wouldn't have learned this. So as fun, as well as like tell, letting other people learn about stuff, you learn about stuff yourself when you're doing an interview and it's funny it's boring to ask those same old questions i want to play a clip from from an interview in which i think you ask the single most appropriate question given the person you're talking to i mean i can't think 
of a better question for this particular person. Here's Nardwar in conversation with Pierre Burton. Finally, Pierre, in the 1960s, did you ever, like William S. Burroughs, use hallucinogenics to enhance any of your writing? Not unless you count pot grass, but not to enhance my writing. I would never write one word under the influence of either a drug or alcohol. It, it throws your timing right off. I know that I go on a television program or a radio program or a public speech. If with one, even one drink, I wouldn't take one drink. I wouldn't smoke one joint because uh, that throws your timing off. It throws your thinking off. It throws everything off. If you want to be sharp, stay sober. But you did experiment with uh, marijuana then? I didn't experiment with it. I just smoked it. <laughs> it was an experiment. <laughs> the kids had it, and we were sitting around. We used to smoke joints. Still do. I smoke with my kids. All right, and thanks so much, and uh, keep on walking in the free world. Okay, thanks. Nardwar, that is, that's laser precision interviewing. I mean, how did you know that was the question for Burton? I didn't even realize it until that time that that's what I wanted to know from this guy. I didn't know either. It just happened, I fluked out, and I asked the question. Pierre Burton, an ex-member of CITR Radio, where I do the Nardwar to Human Serviette Show, 3.34 on Fridays, that anybody can become a member of CITR. He was an ex-member of CITR, along with John Turner. I was just going through my questions, and I thought I'd just put that one in there. But just think, okay, Pierre Burton revealed that. How many other um, celebrities, or interesting people, don't have to be celebrities, have stuff to reveal if you ask the right question. Like, they're just waiting for that question. Like, how many years have you been holding that back? Brent Bambury. Do you know Brent Bambury at all? Oh, sure, From yeah. Brave Notes. Yeah. He told me that, um, that, oh, yes, Burton had said that a couple of years ago in an interview, something like that. But, like, he was holding back waiting. So, was he holding that for me? You know, an old alumni from the university? Probably. going to spill that. But how many people out there, like, what could have what, what we learned from Clinton? What could have we learned from Dr. Ruth that other people wouldn't have asked? I want to talk to you about living in Vancouver, city that 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 breeds famous people what it must be like living amongst people like well have you met brian adams yes i've i've met brian adams in a time actually i always run into brian adams the first thing about brian adams was um my friend grant who's in a rock and roll band the smugglers who are on tour right now grant from the smugglers and bobby beaton from the gruesomes who was in town the gruesomes were touring we like to take bands through town to you know the show them around town and we the first place we took the gruesomes was to the tomahawk barbecue yeah. in north vancouver where brian adams worked as a dishwasher so we showed a gruesome little place where Brian Adams worked as dishwasher, and we have the Tomahawk barbecue burger, which has on top of it egg and bacon for the breakfast, wiener for lunch, and meat and cheese for dinner with the harpoon through the top. So that's a complete meal all in one. So we went for the hamburger. Hmm. Then the gruesome said, hmm, and do you know where Brian Adams lived? We knew where Brian Adams' house is because we'd gone trick-or-treating there, but couldn't get in because the gates were closed. We went there to stay. The gates are open. Our purpose, to give a gruesome's record to Brian Adams. We knock on the front of the door. Looking through the window, we see a guy with sort of a pockmarked face with his back to the window. So we figure that's Banal Adams right there. We knock on the door. Uh, that little peephole opens up, and a lady looks through and says, yes, in an English accent. And we said, yes, we'd like to give something to Brian Adams. And right then, she slammed that little peephole thing. This is a very important point. She slams uh -huh, the peephole yeah. thing. We think, oh, my God, we've been, you know, totally dissed. Dead, then yeah. five, about two minutes later, she opens the door and says, sorry, Brian's just leaving right now. And it points to a truck, and he's in a pickup truck driving away. So we figured that slam of that little um, door peephole thing was the key for Brian to get out of the house. 
So at that point, I'm going, I'm not going to let this pass. So I run as fast as I can and try to jump in the back of the pickup truck that Brian is jumping away. I jump at it. I miss the pickup truck, but I'm totally out of the house. Now, scaredly, scaredly, I don't know if that's a word or not, but after those cannonading shots, I guess I can say whatever I want. <laughs> scaredly, the door shuts for the electric fence. So Grand Lawrence and the smugglers and the guys and the gruesomes are stuck in Brian Adams' house and have to jump over an electric fence. And that was the end of the story. Then I also licked the dishes that he helped clean at the Tomahawk Barbecue in North Vancouver. Um, but Vancouver, yeah, there's people all the time. Tommy Chong, we've gone trick-or-cheating to his house every year. Uh -huh. He's never there. There's always this Dobermans, this <laughs> all over the place. And there's tons of other people living in the British properties, you know, with summer houses, whether it be uh, Sharon Stone and stuff like that. You just have to be totally aware of what's going on. But I'm not as much interested in those as the people that have more, I like the sort of the rock end or the, the real hard down history. Some of the people I've, like, nothing to talk to. Once, you know David Carradine? Oh, yeah, sure, I talked to him. Yeah. yeah. How was he like? Oh, he's good. He's really good. We talked about the history of kung fu movies, and he claimed that he was responsible for Bruce Lee's career. Just like um, Randy Bachman told me he was responsible for the British invasion and the Seattle invasion. Not the British invasion, the Seattle invasion. I'm just totally he started that, yeah. I'm totally leaving. Oh. I'm so excited. I just thought so somebody... excited to be on your last show. I can't believe with Noam Chomsky. Man, I'm, I'm thrilled too, Nardwar. With Noam Chomsky. But, you see, somebody I didn't get a chance to talk to, and you oh. would think that being sort of professional colleagues or paths would meet, and I know he's from Vancouver, and he is that revered Canadian rock journalist, T.D. Mulligan. Do, do you guys hang out? We've trick-or-treated to his house, yes, several times. And the smugglers, no, they're really smart. Now, bands out there in Radio Land, if you want to get played on much music, do what my friends the smugglers did. They put TDM in their video, and it gets played, like, lots and lots and lots. We just went trick-or-treating <laughs> to his house, and he was just there. And it's High like, rotation, I huh? meet him at an SO station in West Van. It's not as, like, exciting anymore to what's going on. But about David Carradine again, when I was first introduced to him, I didn't know who he was. I said, were you the bald guy in Kojak? He said, I'm going to kick you right now. And, oh, my God. So, uh, not a people I don't know who they are. But you have a vague idea that you should know. I had, I had a vague idea I should because this guy went, um, the direct, actually, Fred Olin Ray, a director of Hollywood, chain, no, Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers, they charge an arm and a leg, said, hey, Nardwar, <laughs> this is David Carradine from, you know, whatever. And I'm like, were you the bald? And he, like, almost, I had to run away. But I didn't know about him. But now I know who he is. But again, I didn't know who he was, so I got to do research. Who, I mean, if in an ideal world, are there any people left that you just, just love to interview? Who's on the one? list yeah just Clinton because I didn't get him and I've mentioned his name I, I keep on talking about everybody I keep on mentioning Neil Young Neil Young Neil Young yes Neil Young I want to learn about his first band the Squires you know Neil was in a band called the Squires and they recorded a TV studio and they have a single called Aurora uh, Aurora back to the Sultan he played with Rick James you know the Reagan supporter thing he loves Star Wars he loves tr trains I love to talk to Neil Young about the early days not about what's going on but about the early days and learn about the stuff that's my want list so does this show go to where Neil Young might be listening if he's in Canada, you know, like if he's uh, at the corner of Portage and Maine with Randy Bachman, he may hear it. Because they, um, David Wisdom Show Nightline, that goes to Australia. Doesn't uh, this go to Australia? Not that I know of. Never a letter from Australia? Not yet, What's no. As far as this, and no letter from the States at all, Jeff? Well, we get caught, we, I mean, like, I think there's a, um, well, what is it called? Um, armed Forces? Armed Forces Radio? Armed Forces Radio? Yeah, they, so they, we're, we're, we're covered in Europe. We're in Europe, okay. Yeah. Well, if you're on tour in Europe or you're listening in Canada, Neil Young, please contact me, Nardwar to Human Serviette, at area code 604-822-3017. That's CITR Radio, area code 604-822-3017. I dare you, I dare you, Neil! Come on, please. I want the information. You can beat me up, but I just want to talk to you. I mean, I love Canada. And he's a Canadian. 
Um, I, uh, we're coming to the end of both this interview and, uh, it's prim not over. and Primetime's existence. It's, oh, my God. Yeah, we're getting there, Nardwar, so I want to I wanna leave you with the opportunity. If there is a single message that you feel Canadians must hear at this point in their history, what is it? Just go out there and try. Do it for yourself. If Nardward Human Servia can be a DJ, anybody can be a DJ. Join your radio station like CITR in Vancouver. You can get a hold of these people if you want to talk to them. They're always passing through. And remember, people want publicity. When a band's coming through town, Gorbachev, they wanted that thing publicized. It was easy to get into that. And also check your local listings to see who is in town. Run down with the tape recorder. Get, um, bring a video camera. Do it. Uh, go to your local cable company. You can get a hold of these. You can even get like AM with um, Jeff. What's your last name, Jeff? I'm not sure. Pavir. Jess Pavir. Yes, Jess Pavir. Yeah, Jess Pavir. And your, la your last show. Your last show. I. We haven't covered information out there that we should tell the listeners in uh, CBC AM land. Well, is there anything we haven't done? Yeah. Yeah, there, there may be, but I'm afraid that, like, as I say, this is it. The door is closing. The, they're sweeping up the theaters. It's, you know, it's like, it's like time to go. And all I want to say is I think I have seen the future of Canadian broadcasting. It is Nardwar, the human serviette. He joined us tonight from Vancouver. Nardwar, Thank you, Jeff. rock and on, you man. Too. Keep on rocking in a free... Uh, Jeff? Yeah. Do, 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 do. Do, do. Yeah, you got it! Okay, man. Time time goes out with a bang! Good night, Nardwar. Bye! And that was from June 4th, 1993. Nardwar versus Nardwar, kind of, moderated by CBC's Jeff Pavir. Thank you to Greg Diamond and Leora Kornfeld for setting that up. June 4th, 1993. To end the Nardwar to Human Serviette radio show, I thought I would play some missing links. You're driving me insane. Hopefully we haven't. Well, maybe we have been. And again, if you want to drive people insane, come on down to CITR. If I can be a DJ, so can you. And I am Nardwar, the human serviette. So we're going to hear the missing links with you're driving me insane. Plus a whole bunch of stuff from Little Thick Man Records. The TV Tramps with Keep Your Mouth Shut. The Ex-Girlfriends with Slay. The Rock and Roll High Fives with Blast Away with You. And we're going to end the Nardwar to Human Serviette radio show with Circus in Flames from Vancouver, B.C., who are playing tonight, who are playing tonight at the Anza Club. We're going to hear Circus in Flames don't, be don't Believe in the Same Room. So here we go. The Missing Links. You're driving me insane on the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. <laughs> Thank you. 
shot John F. Kennedy the day my father turned 49. It was tough talking that on Dad's 50th, but he did get a bottle of Valentine. Oh, we watched the gray squinty newsmen shimmer with silver cigarette smoke. 